there is a bit of a shift happening in the podcasting industry right now with some sponsors pulling out of various podcasts, many podcasts restructuring or reducing their overall number of shows, dynamically inserted ads coming into play, all people doing crypto stuff. It's going crazy. I wanted to take a moment and talk about it in case you're interested in the, the business side of podcasting because I've been in it for, for a little while. And we'll do that today on the Lunduke. Journal of Technology podcast for July 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. So let's see, when did I start? I started podcasting around 2006, I want to say, maybe 2000, yeah, 2006. And, and by the time 2007, 2008 rolled around, it had become a business. It became more than a hobby. We had sponsors and, and we had to register a business and, and do all sorts of stuff. And we were branching out in multiple podcasts and, and, and it kind of went nuts from there. And I've been in the general industry of doing this sort of thing since then. Um, but I've also gone through a number of changes in that time. I, I started out doing, you know, pure podcasting. I record an MP3 file. I upload it and post an RSS feed. It goes up on my website and, and, and I'm done. Right. And then for a long time, I was purely on YouTube. I didn't, I didn't report, uh, I didn't post RSS feeds. I didn't publish MP3 files. It was just on YouTube. And then for a while, it was just on, on library and Odyssey. And I've tried a bunch of different things over the years. And, and that's kind of, that kind of is representative of the general state of turmoil and the immaturity of, of the overall podcasting industry, because so many that are in professional podcasting have been trying to find their way for quite some time. But in general, a few things have held true. And that is that the, the most tried and true best, most consistent method of funding a professional podcast was through advertisements and sponsorships. And those advertisements tended to be ones that the, the producers, the content producers, the podcasters cultivated themselves with companies. Uh, great examples are, you know, podcasters finding uh, of tech podcasts doing things for like VPN companies. Oh my gosh. How how many VPN companies have sponsored YouTubers and podcasters over the last several years? I mean, it's it's nonstop. It, it, a couple of the VPN companies you hear ads on on every other podcast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> or, oh, oh, Linode. <laughs> Linode for quite some time, quite some years, has advertised on darn near every podcast and YouTube channel that's in the general tech space. Linux, open source, Windows servers, the whole works. They've they've been advertising Linode servers, Linode cloud and VPS servers. They, they advertised on my show when I was back on YouTube only. Oh, for two years or so. And I mean, it, they, they're all over the place, right? And it's kind of ridiculous. Before them, the big one for a lot of podcasts was GoDaddy. GoDaddy, before Linode, was was advertising on every podcast, it seemed like, including mine, <laughs> right? Now, I, I, over the years, I tried to find 
as I was as I was earning my living through this sponsorships and advertisings, I tried to find some of the smaller companies and and bring light to them. Um, you know, System Seventy Six and and Pogo Linux and some of the three D printing companies like Lulzbot and a few others. Ones that weren't quite as commonly just sponsoring every random podcast on the planet. Uh, but I, I did take money from GoDaddy and Linode, though. Because <laughs> why not? Um, but this seems to be coming to an end. So many of these big companies are pulling their sponsorships in mass, right? Um, uh, Linode and so many others are reducing their marketing budgets drastically right now. I mean, drastically, they're cutting back sponsorships in multiple ways. And first, they're reducing the total number of shows that they're sponsoring. Second, they're paying less for more. So they're they're asking a lot of their podcasters to that they sponsor to do custom shows for them and shows all about the Linode product. And then they pay them less for that privilege than they used to. And they're also just like so many other tech companies who advertise towards podcasters and YouTubers, they're moving more over to dynamically inserted ads, right? Which is more akin to the things that we see on, on YouTube, right? It's the, it's the, you know, those Google AdWords, YouTube video ads that, that pop up a little more dynamic, um, lots and lots of different companies and the content creators don't have any control over what ads get shown. And that also has the result of earning far less money, far less. Oh my heavens. Uh, if you have a podcast that gets a hundred thousand downloads, you can do quite well with a good sponsor set of sponsors, right? Like, because you're talking about a sizable audience that is tech savvy and is really tuned in on a particular topic. So if you have one or two sponsors in a, a podcast that gets a hundred thousand downloads per episode, you can earn a pretty decent living on YouTube. If you've got a hundred thousand subscribers to your YouTube channel, the odds are most of your videos are getting less than 10,000 downloads, less than 10,000 views, probably less than five or 6,000 views. That's really true. Now, now in some cases you get more like 20 or 30, but even then your numbers with the dynamic ads off of YouTube are pitiful. You're talking about earning, you know, tens of dollars, hundreds of dollars at the most. Now, if you're one of the great YouTubers and you're doing a fantastic job and you're getting hundreds of thousands of views per episode, can you earn a living off of YouTube? Yes, just barely squeaking by. And that's with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views every single episode. You need to be bringing in tens of millions of views every month in order to earn a living with those sorts of dynamic ads, because those dynamic ads drive the prices down. It's great for advertisers, bad for the creators of the content and the publishers. Now, this is starting to happen more and more on the podcasting side, too. There's been multiple rounds of attempts with increasing frequency of inserting dynamic ad spots into podcasts. Now, this is this is something that hasn't fully caught on across the spectrum, thankfully, but it is multiple attempts have been given to it and multiple podcasts are looking at doing exactly that. 
And then other podcasts still are moving over to the value for value system. And what the value for value system is, is essentially, you know, you don't have a paid subscription to a show. You just, you really like the particular show. So you give them some money on a particular episode, right? It's, it's essentially a, a tipping system, right? Is really what it is. And we, we did that. I did that for a while over on library and odyssey with some success there there are reasons to believe that a value for value system which is really a tipping system that's what it what it really really is um it has benefit right it it can be done in such a way where you can be profitable at it but again you need really significant numbers now i when i was doing it on the library network I was literally the largest channel on the entire library network by a long shot uh, for a good year or two. I mean, I was the biggest thing there was. Top dog, big kahuna, big cheese. And because of that, I got a disproportionate amount of tips compared to the amount of views I really had right? Uh, more people were tipping me because I was that top dog and because they wanted to see me succeed, which I, I appreciated. And, but because if I really sat down and looked at the number of tips per view that the channels a little bit smaller than me were getting, they weren't quite as big. And I was pushing it hard. And was I able to eke out a living from that? No, but it got close. It did get close, it augmented with some sponsorships, again, like, you know, Linode or Lulzbot or System76 or any of these other companies that advertised with me back then. I was able to pull, to pull together an okay living. Not great, not great, not as good as you could do being a, a senior software developer. Not as good as I was able to do when I was a, a VP of engineering. <laughs> not anywhere near that level of income. I still don't earn that level of income, but it got close. It got, it got close to sustainable. It got enough that it was worth continuing because I loved what I did. Right. And, and to be clear, I was the top dog on the entirety of that platform. Now I'm looking out there right now and why, why this all gets brought up is uh, my past partner my, uh, that in Jupiter Broadcasting. Uh, I used to have a podcasting company called Jupiter Broadcasting. We did the Linux Action Show and, and a bunch of other shows. My, my, my old partner, I, uh, I, I gave him our company, right? I had 50% of it. He had 50% of it. I gave him the 50% of the company because he wanted to go a particular way and I, I wanted to go my own way. And so, so we kind of split and, and he kept going with Jupiter Broadcasting. And he has announced that he, after, after he spent some time toying around with some of the Bitcoin related systems, there's these, there are these Bitcoin related podcast systems where people, you know, go and use the blockchain to tip people for the show, right? It's the value for value model. It's the tipping model. And, and just like with library, but you know, instead of libraries specific cryptocurrency, which was a problem in Jupiter broadcasting is using a cryptocurrency that's Bitcoin or, or, or transactional to Bitcoin, which is much more reasonable, right? It's much easier to handle now consistently on the network they're using. 
they've had the top show. I, I've been I've been watching it very carefully, in part because I, I want to see an old friend succeed and I want to see my old my old business partner succeed, but also because I want to keep an eye out if if there's a, a new system in place that works great for podcasters to to really earn a good living and makes the audience of the podcast happy at the same time. I, I want to be involved in that. So I've been watching. And consistently, he's had, if not the top earning podcast, then he's had one of the top five earning podcasts every single week. And now he's come out and he's announced that he's kind of pulling everything back a bit. He's because of the dropping sponsors that we talked about earlier, uh, many of the big companies like Linode and whatnot, pulling their sponsorships back. He's going to be reducing the number of shows he does. He's going to be canceling some of the shows and doing some of the shows just a whole lot less. And that's, that's really sad to see because I know he loves doing them. And I know that if they were profitable, even just a tiny bit, I know he'd keep on doing them. But what that also tells me is that is that those those crypto systems that he's currently using, even though they are producing some success for him, it's not enough. Even when he's the top dog. Again, like I was the top dog over on library. He's the top dog on what is it? Like the Lightning Network or something like that. He's the top dog over there. Between the two of us, we've shown the the crypto tipping value for value system is not working, at least not at this scale, which really begs the question, where, where is podcasting going? Because you're looking at, when you look out there at so many different uh, professional podcasters, a lot of them are, are pulling back in. They're pulling down a little bit. They're, they're doing less shows, less often, less total number of shows, having less people involved in the shows, um, less sponsors for their shows. And they're all kind of casting about looking for a way to make it continue to work. And I, I feel kind of bad for all of them because I'm not having that problem. And the reason I'm not having that problem is because I moved quite some time ago to a subscription model. And there's, there's so many downsides to a subscription model, right? If like this podcast, this podcast, I am putting out there publicly. This is one of the rare podcast episodes that I release just publicly that anyone can listen to. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm hoping that other podcasters will listen and, and think some of this through. But downsides to subscription podcasting are obvious. You have a smaller audience. I just do. I have a smaller audience than I otherwise would. No doubt about it. That's how that works. That's the trade-off. But on the flip side, the core audience, the people that really love this work, that really enjoy it, that see value in it, they plop down a couple of bucks every month. And because of that, I have a steady income. Now, once again, I am not rich. I, I make less money now than I 
I made when I was, you know, running marketing for tech companies, when I was the head of engineering for tech companies, or when I was just a good senior developer. During all of those jobs, I made more money than I make now by a lot. But I now get massive flexibility. I get to focus on what I truly love doing. I get to produce these shows, write my articles, create my comic strips, do all the things that I just love doing. The other day I got to write a parody about, about uh, how Ubuntu was deciding to change their marketing strategy to just stay really quiet and watch Red Hat slowly implode. I got to write a whole parody around that. That was my job. And now my job today is to talk to you about all this stuff, which is, again, something I enjoy doing. So I'm, I'm blessed. I'm a lucky man. And part of that is that I think I went through the act of trying to figure out how to make this work long term before everyone else did. Before people, before the, the big withdrawal of all the sponsors that's currently happening and just crushing so many podcasts, which is, which is really sad to see. Before that happened, I saw it was coming. I saw that eventually that was going to happen. So I tried the crypto thing out years before everyone else is trying it out. Now I tried it out for years and it does have merit, but it is not going to scale well enough to make it work. It's not going to certainly not for the vast majority of professional podcasters. And I'm not even talking about hobbyist podcasters. I'm talking about people who have been doing this professionally for years, if not decades. It's not, uh, even if your audience is huge, it's probably not going to scale well. It's probably not going to work out. But a subscription model, it's been tried before. You know when it's been tried before? Constantly. Cable network subscriptions. Um, newspaper subscriptions. Subscriptions are a common way of funding content, whether it's articles, TV shows, movies, comic strips, uh, comic books. A lot of people, a lot of people get their comic books regularly. And you think, oh, well, you don't get comic books by subscription, but you totally do. If you're a comic book fanatic, what you'll end up doing is you'll have a quote box at a comic book store and you will tell the comic book store owner, I want every issue of this comic and this comic and this comic that comes out once a month. Put it in my box and you get money for it. That's a subscription. That's a pay-as-you-go subscription, which is essentially what we have here. Now, I use locals for that and it works out remarkably well. Um, Substack honestly worked remarkably well as well. There are other options beyond locals and Substack that also would work quite well for this system. Now, for me, locals was the obvious choice because I like the community system around it. I like the, the, the flexibility of being able to publish PDFs or videos or podcasts or comic strips or articles or whatever. Like I, I like that flexibility. I like all of that. But if you're just out there doing podcasts or articles or whatnot, Substack and so many others were great. And I, I, I worry about many of the professional podcasters that are out there right now 
trying a bunch of different things, trying the the dynamically inserted ads, which is just going to drive their total revenue per episode down, while at the same time making their podcasts annoying. <laughs> it's not going to be great. I worry about them uh, tra- trying out the 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 Bitcoin and cryptocurrency based tipping systems. Because I have a lot of faith that those are good ideas, but I've never seen them work out to a point where the big dogs can rely on them. Not other than maybe one or two examples here and there. They, they, I, I, just, I just haven't seen it. And I, I've tried. Again, I've been the top dog. I've been the big cheese. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough. And I pushed hard to try and make it work because I liked the idea. I understand why so many podcasters, including, including my old business partner is going down that road. I get it. It is alluring. It makes a lot of sense on paper. Um, the initial results are enticing, but it, I don't see it as working long-term. A subscription model does. Now, I think there are many, many ways we can improve on the existing subscription models. Like, uh, like, uh, and I've talked with the, the folks at locals about this a bit. There's many ways we can make it better, not just for the, the producers and creators of the content like me, but for all of the, the consumers, the end users, the community members uh, like you guys, I, all of us together, it, it should be even better than it currently is. And I think, I think, I think everyone's in the same headspace about how to improve those things over time. But right now, the systems that we have right now, there is no better way to, at this exact moment, fund an already existing professional podcast with a sizable audience than, than through subscriptions. There's just no better way. And that, is, that comes from years of trying and failing at so many ways, despite being the top dog in those ways and having a really, really sizable audience to work with. Now, the downside here is while I am able to earn a great living from my shows and articles and, and have a a tremendous and amazing nerdy audience that is just fun to hang out with and really just brings joy into my life with great regularity. It's less visible to the general public than say just having a public YouTube channel with dynamically inserted ads, right? That's a downside. So some people might want to augment with, uh, with, you know, clips on YouTube here and there. I've, I've toyed with that, but I, I don't do it very often cause I don't like doing it. <laughs> and I tend to, I tend to take the approach with all things computing. I only do what I like, right? I, I, I feel like computing should bring me joy and should bring you joy. It should bring all of us joy. And the work that I do here, the articles, the podcasts should not just bring you joy, but should bring me joy. And I don't really like doing clips on YouTube. So I do it very rarely. You know, I'll, I'll probably do one or two here and there. This, this may or may not go up, but it'll definitely go out as a podcast up on uh, a couple of places. Uh, but I tend to do only things that really make me happy, which means recording the show and releasing it as exclusives to my audience. And, and that's been a really effective way. The audience has been growing. The income has been growing. And long term, it is financially viable and stable. Which is a heck of a lot more than we can say for 
the value for value system, the Bitcoin and, and crypto trip, uh, tipping systems, the dynamically inserted ad systems, or the dy- dramatically failing sponsorship and ad systems that have been funding podcasting for, for years now. So I wanted to put this out there into the world. I, I know this is a this is very inside baseball-y, and, and this is kind of a far afield from, from a lot of the things we normally talk about here in the Lunduke Journal. But podcasting is an important part of, of com- the computing landscape now, and it is an important part of the media landscape. And, uh, and, and I would like to see it continue to succeed, and I would like to see the great tech podcasters out there which includes like my, my old business partner. I want to see them at Jupiter Broadcasting succeed. And so I, I really do hope that, uh, that they can. And, and I, you know what? They, they have the, he has the skills and he has the, the, the talent to do so. And I, I am, I am really hopeful that he can weather that storm. And I'm hopeful that, you know, the This Week in Tech and all the other big guys can weather the exact same storm. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better in the, in the marketing on podcasting world. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just wanted to brain dump this on all of you. I uh, hope it wasn't too dreadfully, dreadfully boring. It probably was. It probably, probably was. But tune in in the next episode when we probably talk about, I don't know, installing Linux on a toaster. <laughs> installing Linux on an Amiga toaster. I don't think you can do that. No, you can probably do that. I've never done that. Maybe I should do that. All right. <laughs> With that, ladies and gentlemen, I do declare end podcast.